not all stress is bad. Mm-hmm. Some stress is actually good for you. So when you are running on the treadmill, you are activating the stress response in your body. And that is a good thing because it is then what when you stress the system, then the system says, okay, I've got to now meet that demand. Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow. And that's how you expand your abilities, whether it's physical strength or mental strength. Mm-hmm. You do have to put a little bit of pressure or a little bit of stress onto that system in order for that system to then expand beyond what it is right. comfortable with. Right. So you think about your comfort zone as having no stress, but you think about your growth zone as having some stress, mm-hmm. but you are able to meet those demands and adapt Mm -hmm. and then push yourself out and then meet those demands and adapt. Okay, so I'm not sure if this was answered like in our conversation, but this was one of the questions I had. What's the difference between acute and chronic stress? This is something that I read up about and I was like, okay, I've never heard of that before. What is the difference between the two? Acute is short term. Okay. Cute, meaning short and small. <laughs> okay. Cute stress, we can deal with it. comes and it goes. Mm. So acute stress could be like, you know, end of the year reports. We're, in un- we're under acute stress right now. Right. Chronic stress is we are li- working in a psychologically unsafe environment. We are living in an environment with many micro stressors. That, that is chronic. Chronic right. meaning long term. Constant. Constant. Just, okay. Chronic, not good. Mm. Acute, pushes you. Mm-hmm. You still have to manage it. You still aren't going to perform your best if you're really under too much stress. Mm. But it usually doesn't last very long. Yeah. So it's weeks. temporary. It's it's sort of like project based, basically, yeah. kind of. Okay. So we spoke about stress. And we spoke about what causes it. And we spoke about the difference, the different types of stress. So the biggest, the smallest, acute, chronic. What can I do to prevent this? So, like, what are some stress management, um, I don't know, I want to say mechanisms that a person can do so that they don't reach that point? What are certain things that I may do during my day that will make a big difference by the end of the week so I don't feel overwhelmed? What are certain, like, if you can give, like, people tips on what to do during your day so you do not reach that point where you shut down? There are many things you can do, and your stress-relieving activities would be different than someone else's, but there are some Mm non-negotiables. This is like, hey, listen, if you ain't doing this, you could be reading every book, you could be listening to every podcast, it ain't going to help. So let me tell you what the non-negotiables are. One, sleep. It is a non-negotiable. You can come to therapy until seven years from now, twice a week. And if you aren't sleeping, it's not going to help. Because what sleep does, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, by Mm -hmm. the way. I'm not going to go into the details of that. But you need the sleep. Because if you don't sleep seven to eight hours of good quality sleep, not just passing out at two in the morning, good quality sleep, you are 60% more reactive in the day. So you come into the day, you have stress, I have stress, I slept well, I'm more capable of, more able, Mm. 
we have the same resource, literally the same exact person. Mm. Same background, same histories, everything. I am my clone of me, okay? Right. And they come in, this one slept and this one didn't. This one's going to be, this one is going to be more reactive. They're just going to be more reactive because the amygdala is going to be much more in control. The amygdala is our fight or flight reactivity system, okay? Mm -hmm. We are going to be more reactive when something doesn't go our way. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. You've got to, got to, got to get your sleep in order. Mm. We can talk about how to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing I would say is that you've got to exercise, literally Mm -hmm. exercise, like not just like, oh, stretching and no. Movement is good, but you've got to do some cardio. You've got to exercise. That exercise actually prepares you for the stress response. Really? It actually is giving you small doses. It's Mm. like a vaccine. Mm. Gives you the small dose of the flu. Okay. Mobilizes your immune system to then come in and say, I can handle the big dose if the flu comes my way. What exercise does is it gives you small doses of stress So then you are actually more capable of dealing with stress. It not only does that, it actually releases stress. Mm. It gives you positive chemicals like endorphins and serotonin and dopamine and all the beautiful things that we want. So not only is it protective, it actually is generative for you when it comes to what it does for you. Mm. So exercise is a non-negotiable. If you're sitting all day and you're dealing with stress, even if you're sleeping, mm. it's not you're not fully resourced. Yeah. And then the third thing that I would say, eat right. 90% of our serotonin, which is our happy chemical, which is in antidepressants mm-hmm. and all different types of medications is in our gut it's Mm. produced in our gut and more and more research is showing about the gut brain access right the gut communicates to the brain the brain communicates to the gut and we're all talking to each other right you literally feel what you eat and if you're eating doritos all day long guess what you're gonna feel dead you're going to feel not alive. You're going to yeah. feel suffocated. Yeah. Basically, you're going to feel like a Dorito. A Dorito, I was just going to say. <laughs> okay. And so what you want is you want to eat of the earth. You want to nourish your body. Mm. And that's what you are doing. Now, what am I doing as I do these three things? Sleep, eat, exercise. I call it C. So you can see straight. S-E-E. Okay. When you are doing this, you actually are able to see straight. You're able to see better. But other things that are actually very protective of stress are things like um, making sure you get your blood work done routinely. Because mm. sometimes it's a magnesium deficiency. It's a vitamin D deficiency. Oh. And we think, oh, I feel so depressed. And it's like, no, actually, you're low on vitamin D or you're low on magnesium. Mm. And that can mimic the symptoms of depression, no right. energy, can't concentrate, can't motivate myself, can't all of that. Mm. And it, bottom up, your body is saying something ain't right. So I would say do routine blood work. Okay. I would also say hydrate. 
dehydration can look like depression. Dehydration can also look like anxiety and anger issues. Of course. So are you hydrating yourself? Minerals, vitamins, all of that stuff. So those are some of the things that I would say are non-negotiables. Now, on the flip side, there are going to be some protective measures you Mm. can have. Make sure you have a tribe. I know we live in Dubai. It's a transient community, although it's not so much as anymore. Yeah. But you want, even if you're here for two years, find your people. Right. Whether it's your cycling club or your book club or your work people, like find your people. You need people. We are tribal people Mm -hmm. for as long as time. We have been tribal people. So who is your tribe? And they can't be the people that are living across the ocean because they're not accessible to you in the same time zone as you. And if I'm really stressed, I need you. Right. I need you to help me regulate. So who are your people here? Find those people. That is the number one most protective measure against stress. It mitigates, it regulates yeah. when it comes to stress, okay? Yeah. And then I would say is that build coping skills. You've got to have good coping skills. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything from mindfulness. It could be a hobby. It mm. could be a new thing you do. It could be cognitive behavioral therapy techniques it could be something you work with your therapist with it could be small things you do throughout your day that actually help regulate you you need to keep putting in to this little bucket of resource right you need to keep resourcing yourself the bigger the challenge the more the resource right and there are times where i go through for example september is a very hectic time as a mother of four children, one in boarding school, one in this curriculum, one in that curriculum, like all of this stuff is moving. And then the business really takes off in September. Like the the demands on me are high at that point. I turn down the socializing. Mm. I love socializing. Mm. I have a few people that I hang out with, but like the big social events, no. I'm Mm. not doing those. Mm. So I turn those down because that also takes resources. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to get dressed up and I don't want to go out and I don't want to be in loud environments and I don't want to stay out late and I don't want to eat foods that might compromise me. I can do that regularly in different months. But in September, it's just buckle down and let's get a system in order for the first six weeks. So during major adjustment periods, I would say to uh, people and parents Generally, human beings, when you are in an adjustment period, which is any adjustment, you have a new job, you have a new child, you have a new marriage, you have a new relationship, (laughs) any adjustment, give it six weeks, buckle down, you've got to go into like Olympian mode, Mm. resource up, limit the things that chip away at you, because you're going to need that. Right, right. Um, So I'm glad you mentioned that, because... um, I think that a lot of us, again, with the social life, you were saying you turn that down a little. That's sometimes an escape for people. Like when they feel like they're overstressed, they feel like that social aspect is going to help them when it doesn't necessarily. Like it actually, you know, 
uh, stresses them out even more because they think about, oh, I need to get dressed and what am I going to wear and where are we going? And then you stay up late, which affects your sleep and so on and so forth. So it sort of uh, affects every other aspect. Um, The second thing that I wanted to comment on is finding your people. I, I actually love that. That's beautiful because sometimes finding the wrong people can actually be what harms you. And I feel like finding the right people is so important and is sometimes difficult to find the right people that will give you the right energy and that will give you the right encouragement in the right place. So yeah. I really like those two. But I would in, just correct one thing. Yeah. It's not sometimes. It actually is. I mean, it's a researched fact that if you have the wrong people around you, you are far more compromised. There you, you go. You are not going to be happy. There you go. Period. Yeah. So really look at who's around you. Yeah. And of course, we can't choose our family and we might be in places where we have to deal with difficult colleagues you're just gonna have to limit those interactions and you're gonna resource up before you go in front of exactly yes but who are your people Mm -hmm. that you go to where you are in your pajamas yes and you can just be like hey listen i just want to talk and hey why don't you come hang out and let's have a burger like it's not about what you do it's just you're hanging out and being with those people right and they're being with you you are supporting them and mm-hmm. they are supporting you just mm-hmm. by being with yes. each other. Yes, exactly. Okay, so moving into like professionally, do you feel that more peop- there are some people that are more prone to stress? Yeah. Sure. Are there certain like personalities or certain, uh, I don't know, uh, people that are just more prone to stress? I, I'm, I'm actually curious to know because... Is it an excuse or is it actually true? Like are people like if someone comes and says, oh, I'm more prone to it, sort of like when you were saying I'm more I'm predisposed to get diabetes, for instance. Um, But do you feel like more people are more like some people are more prone? Sure. To stress. I think your childhood, your childhood experiences, people with perfectionistic tendencies, mm. people with type A personalities that kind of highly driven, highly ambitious, right. highly, highly like not t- intolerant of things that go wrong. Like that type of person is going to be far more stressed. Mm. So there are pe- and there are certain life circumstances also that happen which then are depleting us so much of our resources that we are going to be more prone mm-hmm. so it's not just oh i was predisposed to stress because i lived in a stressful home environment mm-hmm. that is a predisposition that mm-hmm. my system is charged up because right. i had traumatic childhood or i had complex um you know, trauma during mm-hmm. my childhood, relational trauma, a traumatic childhood that I lived in, parents that were actually quite volatile, violent or aggressive. Any of these things right. v- puts us in this vigilant state. And when we're in that vigilant state, we are just looking for yeah. that thing to go wrong. Right. So that is a predisposition that of life experiences that can charge people up a certain way. But it also is, you could be a pretty chilled out person, but life is asking a lot of you now. Maybe you're going through a divorce Mm. and you just had a baby, or maybe you had a death in the family Mm. and your job, you just got promoted. Like, it's about what is life asking of you and are you able with the resources you have? And that doesn't mean that you step down from life. Mm -hmm. That just means you've got to resource out more. Right. 
in order to meet those demands. Right. So that's where it's like get support because that's support that lifts you. Yeah. Into being able to meet those demands. Right. This is where the bigger the life gets, the more you want to do in your life. You're going to need support. You cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I tried. (laughs) It done work. Yeah. It done work. It's just an equation. It's just how it works. So you're you're absolutely right. People with a high inner, like loud inner critic, um, lots of fears that they haven't confronted, low self-esteem, low confidence. These are all things that are going to contribute to them being more predisposed to stress. Burnout, anxiety. Of course, of course. Okay, so we can talk about stress until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> probably until next year, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I want to go into anxiety a bit more. So, I want to discuss um, when does anxiety get out of control, and when does a person know that okay, I need professional help because I can no longer control the anxiety. I'm always anxious about anything, the little things and the big things. When does it need professional help? So think about these three words. Intensity, mm-hmm. frequency, duration. How intense it is, one to ten. How, how are you feeling? How anxious are you feeling? Oh, my God, I'm a ten. I'm like 12, actually. Mm. Frequency, how often is that happening? Oh, it just started happening. Okay. Frequency, like how often? It's, is mm-hmm. it every day? Duration. How long has that been going on? Now, if my daughter comes to me and says, I'm anxious or I'm depressed, I'm, I'm looking for these three things. Mm-hmm. And she could say, well, it's, it's been going on all day and it's a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. for how long? For three days. It is not depression. It okay. is not ang- But it's enough of a flag. We've got the orange flag going at this point. The red flag is not up, mm-hmm. but the orange flag is up. You've ne- you need an intervention because if you don't address it now, it then could become a disorder. Mm-hmm. You see? So right. it's no, you know, it doesn't you just don't wake up one day and you're anxious. Of course. You don't just wake up one day and you have a clinical diagnosis of depression. Right. You it slowly builds to a place where it becomes unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And it's because people are dismissing it all the way through. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Mm. I'm, I have everything to be happy about. I have mm. nothing to be anxious about. Mm. If we say these things to ourselves at one point, then a small thing could throw us over the edge. So we might be managing life and it's no big deal. And then something unexpected happens. Mm. And that then breaks us because we just were not addressing it. So intensity, frequency, duration. Mm -hmm. Is it happening all day, every day for how long? Mm -hmm. And what's the rating here? Mm -hmm. So you want to address it if it's happening. You mentioned that anxiety could lead to mental, like different mental disorders. What are some of the things that it could lead to? anxiety is a disorder anxiety disorder we can have you know just generalized anxiety disorders it could lead to phobias it could lead to depression often there's an overlap because of the neurochemical changes and the structural changes it could lead to concentration issues it could lead to you losing your job Mm. um, and then you have financial issues it could lead to addictions those usually Mm. go together a lot because it's so intolerable that we start to then 
smoke or drink or whatever it is that mm. people do shop and then we have financial issues that could lead us into relationship issues mm-hmm. so it's, it's a ripple effect it's a ripple effect mm-hmm. it can touch every corner of our life yeah. and it could lead to physical health issues mm-hmm. it could lead to things like diabetes and cardiac issues and GI mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. so it's not and 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 I mean I could go on and on right. and sleep yeah. issues and then the sleep could then affect you know so it's it's this back and forth of mind and body and then right. the psychosocial issues that then results in yeah and it just goes it gets it gets worse yeah it's basically what we've been speaking about how the mind and the body are interconnected it, they're not two separate things I mean they both affect each other so it makes sense I know you don't have a lot of time left and um, before we end the session I just wanted to ask you what advice like you told us about the C which is sleep exercise and eat right right? okay so I got that (laughs) for stress um, and for anxiety what to look for in terms of frequency and the duration and and the intensity of it Am I doing well? (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Um, What's some general advice for people who are just generally going through a tough time at this time of the year? You mentioned September. September is one of the toughest months of the year for a lot of people, especially in this region, because it's going back to work after a summer vacation. Kids are going back to school. Uh, People are flying back into the country. Uh, Targets are are being set in different jobs um, that you need to meet before the, the end of the year. So it is a pretty stressful time. Uh, what is your advice, just in general? I think the most important thing for me in the recent years is learning that while I was preparing for the big S's, I was not realizing that it was the small S's that were chipping away at me. Mm-hmm. And burnout was not a result of big things. I was actually worn out before Mm -hmm. I was burnt out. And so look for the small things you can change in your life. Ease the small annoyances and issues. Put systems in place for those small things that are Mm -hmm. annoyances So you actually have the resources to deal with the big things when they come. Right. That's one thing. The second thing that I would say is that you've got to come at life with a level of discipline. Mm. I love this go with the flow, but no. Mm. Like you've got to go with like scheduled, disciplined health um, activities, yeah. feed, things that feed you. If I go with the flow, I ain't going to flow into the gym. <laughs> like right. it ain't, It's exactly. not going to happen. Yeah. Like you've got to schedule in. You need a structure. A structure, yeah. a schedule. What are, when am I going to see my friends? When am I going to exercise? When am I going to do professional development? When am I going to make sure that I am doing something I love? It's called hedonistic tr- scheduling right but you've got to schedule it in yeah it's not going to happen life will spill over into your whole schedule and you will not have space for you yeah so it's going to be very important to put yourself in that schedule Mm. because 
it will get taken up by everything else. Yeah. And I would say the third thing and the last thing is take tiny steps. Most of us think I've been in my life, actually, there were times when baby steps were like too big. Mm. What baby step? I don't have the energy for baby steps. Mm. Don't take baby steps. Take tiny steps towards your goal. It does matter. So sometimes people are like, well, what's me walking to my car mm. uh, parked far away going to do for my health goals? Park far away. It's okay. Walk. It'll make you a will, difference. It yeah. makes every step makes a difference. So look for the tiny shifts mm. that you can make in your day that serve you. I like Because that. then you are feeling like I'm actually doing something for mm. myself. You know, the research shows that even if you put one flower and you look at it for a few seconds a day mm-hmm. throughout your day, you're mm. walking and then you pause, you take a deep breath and you walk. Just that calms your nervous system. Yeah. Those small things. And you say, I did something for myself. I showed up for myself. Mm. And then the momentum builds. And that momentum is precisely what you need in order for big change to happen. Yeah. So the tiny things do build momentum. Do not wait for the big energy to do the big things. It's never going to come. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. And motivation will never come. Mm. Motivation only comes when you start taking yeah. The tiny steps towards it. We really underestimate those little wins that we get throughout the day. Yeah. You were you were just talking about walking to your car, feeling good about yourself that you walked, you know, yeah. you did some more steps I today. I just took the steps instead of taking the elevator. Exactly. Yeah, the stairs and, and that's a, that's also another good example. So we really underestimate those little wins, those little achievements. We always aim high and that stresses us out even that's more it. like when we put a goal that is just unattainable and so far away. And so that stresses us out rather than achieving the little goals that I can actually, you know, get a sense of satisfaction from right now. So, yeah, absolutely. And it will move you. Like people will say, I want to do one hour in the gym every Mm. day. But then they just wait for that energy to come inside of them to say, "Okay, I have enough energy now and enough motivation now Mm. and enough desire now to actually do it. It's never going to come. Exactly. It will never come. Exactly. Even people who have been diagnosed with diseases and the doctor says it will save your life Mm. if you start exercising. They don't do it. Mm. So you have to think about how much energy you actually need in order to make that change. So start with the small things and the energy will build. Yes, precisely. Dr. Salha, thank you so much. It was a pleasure pleasure. having you and we'd love to welcome you back. Um, That's it for today. I know your time is really tight, (laughs) but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.